What's up, you grind timers? Yes, 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 this is he, four-time Stanley Cup champion, Darren McCarty, host of Grind Time with Darren McCarty here on NRM Streamcast. Yes, this is show number 60 that we're recording, joined always by my co-host, Perry Valucci. Perry, how are you? Doing really good, Mac. How are you doing? Good, good. I want to say thank you to David and to Andy and to Steven and to Angel for... Putting up with you. I mean, and me. I mean, and for getting everything ready so we get going on. Uh, special guest today. Um, good friend, old school friend. Uh, guy that's grown up in the area. Um, he played back in the real NHL. He's got real stories to tell. Um, it's a great thing that we get to play in uh, one of the guys that I play in the Detroit alumni um, hockey game with. He's a pillar of, he's a stalwart pillar on defense. Uh, give it up for the Notre Dame graduate from Harper Woods, Mr. John Blomer. How you doing, guys? Good to What's up, Blomer? Thank you. All now, right. hey, you, you know that the funny thing is, is, is that I don't know what to say your claim to fame because I hold you in high regard for other reasons, mostly uh, yeah. you're off a veteran off the, off the off ice, ice off which, the ice. which I want everybody to know is that we will get into it because John's been uh, recovering alcoholic for 14 coming on 14 years coming on 14 oh, years awesome. so we we you dude we have some stories we have we we have some drinking stories together we have some great partying stories together and the fact that we're still alive and we relish it to these to this day so when when Blummer and I put in a dip and sit over the side of the room and we'll watch the other guys we're happy aren't you happy to <laughs> totally be happy because <laughs> totally happy <laughs> because you were so so let's go start with uh, your NHL career, or um, you were undrafted free agent to Edmonton in 1981. Now, people, 1981, I hope a lot of you were born by then, but if you weren't, I mean, because now that's 29, almost 30 years ago. Right, long time ago. Or is that long? 40, 40, Forty years ago. You see, there you John, go. And John came from the University of Michigan. He played his collegiate career at U of M. Right, and then he and then he gets uh, undrafted. But you went to you know Edmonton and and you traveled around. You ended up getting to come home and play a bit for the Red Wings and stuff. Yep. So what was it? Uh, because I, uh, the comparisons of watching the game these days to the games you played. Because I'll bitch and moan about the game that I played in the eighties and nineties, but. It, what to say the biggest difference? Because your game was totally different than my game. Well, it, Mac, when I came out of school, um, Americans were looked like lepers, you know. And uh, until 1980, what really happened is when we won that gold medal, it opened up a lot of doors for Americans to get a chance to play in National Hockey League. A lot of kids off that team when they had a great career. Kenny Morrow, four Stanley Cups. We. Um, Neil Broughton, Ramsey, uh, uh, a lot of dudes. Jimmy Craig got a little bit of a stint, but there there was a, a lot of players. Uh, Mark Johnson, Davy Silk, you could just keep going. Everybody got a crack. That opened the doors for a lot of Americans. Well, I think that, that that's the one big thing is you realize, and today in the NHL in 2020, it's such an international game. And then we talk about the Russian Five documentary and the fall of the wall and how, you know, the, in the late 80s, early 90s, how Detroit Red Wings were able to amass the Russian five, but the evolutions uh, of the games, and that's a big point. When uh, 1980 and the Americans beat the Russians, it sort of gave everybody in the hockey world because the hockey world is really small. Now you know, you know that from from playing in it, being around yeah. it, coaching in it, yeah, um, doing different things. So, what are the one you know? Because I'm always in, or I always want to talk to old school. You just mentioned beforehand that uh, you're in the minors playing, and it was <laughs> Chris Nyland, Tori Robertson. Oh, that was my first year in National Hockey League. Um, you know, 
uh, Perry's looking. I was third in league in penalty minutes, and Chris Knuckles was first. Uh, Tori was second, and I was third. And we were all in the same division. You know, we played like Montreal. We play them twice in exhibition, eight times during the year, and then four or five times in the playoffs. And you know, but explain explain because the game back then it was it was literally. There was two different games. The scores went out to where the scoreboard, and then and then it would well, be like a change in it, and it was like pair off. We go we go in. The, I'll give you for instance. We go to Montreal for them, and we hated those guys, and they hated us. And before the games, the guys would call their shots. Like LB, LB was saying, Lyndon Byers, yeah. I'll fight uh, Nyland, Jay Miller. I got Cordick, Nevin Marquardt. I got Corson, and I'd say I. I always fought uh, Mike McPhee, a big potato fighter for PI. Every game it was me and him, big and strong. And, and we tell the guys, hey Barry, you know Barry Peterson, Nifty, and Ray, hey, let us have some fun the first period, clear some room out, and play hockey. But guys, call their shots. Like yeah. I'm getting this guy, just let us do this and that, have some that, fun. And you'd you'd play that's like so that. true. Yeah. Because and and to understand this and talking from a guy that you know played from from college, played. Back in the 80s through when the the toughest it was like survive and plus anytime you had size you were expected to fight yeah. and and you got tested as the American like oh. the Europeans did because you were the new you, like that's the analogy and I know even in the, in the late 80s and 90s when I played junior hockey it was it was just starting to to change sort of over where guys were, were making decisions to go play college, but it was more so you wanted to make the NHL. You had to play in the in the Canadian Hockey League. Yeah, it, well, it, you know, it was, I turned pro in '81, and I was going to Edmonton's camp, and I signed a contract in 1981. I got like 75 to sign, and my salaries were 95, 95, 110, 125, all guaranteed money for right. some college punk. And I'm going to Edmonton's camp, you know, and there's Semenko, Gratz, you know, Messi, all these guys. Lucky I had a friend named Pat Hughes. Uh, yeah. He went to Michigan, and, and Hughes, he says to me, you know, I, I drove back and forth with him uh, skating in Detroit. I says, uh, Hughes, what do I do here? He goes, Blummer, be on time, keep your mouth shut, and, and work hard, okay? And then it was funny because... I got to camp, and here's this college punk that, you know, making all this money, never played it down in the NHL. And it, come to find out that Hughes said, hey, listen, this is my buddy. He, he's not cocky. He's, he'll do anything you ask him. And I thought like I was, was going to have to fight in scrimmages. Not one fight. Now when the exhibition game started, you're right, there was Peplinski, there yeah, was that big news, uh, Timmy Hunter, oh, Willie no. Plett, right down the list. You know, we had Semeco on our team. Like, and I was I was the college kid American. You, you had to stand up. I did pretty good. And one of my, you know, I'm a rookie. I'm walking out there. Dave Semeco looks at me and says, Blummer, you're really crazy. You know, <laughs> Dave Semeco's calling me crazy. Dave yeah, Semeco, uh, who was Ray it, Gretzky's body. Guardian. Yeah. Guardian. It, it, God it just, you know, soul. you had to pay your dues, um, especially like breaking in there. I think I went from 263 my first year. I had a really good fight near the end of the year with Clark Gillies. He was one of the toughest oh, guys God, of all that's, time. That's a big boy, too. And, um, we get on a plane and Terry O'Reilly says, uh, hey, Blummer, I fought that guy 10 times. I did pretty good in that fight. But the funny part is after that year, all of us, they had uh, Laura Stam, they did a skating clinic in Edmonton. They had John Cordick, Jay Miller. 
Chris Nott. All of us went and drank and right. partied, and I think the NHL went from a high, you know, all-time high penalty minutes low. We were all buddies. Nobody wanted to fight anybody. Well, speak, speak about yeah. that because the you know the old adage of respect or whatever. But we all—it's the old gladiators. You could go to war, but usually because of the, you didn't. You, you flew commercial. Yeah. You hung out in the same bars. You knew the same places. So you'd run into guys or whatever else. On the ice, it was literally you wanted to, you know, fight for your life. But after, you'd be in there buying guy a beer, you know, saying yeah. good. And then, but the respect, right? Because then when you earned it, and like you're, you're mentioning the guys like Terry O'Reilly, he was one, him and Rick Talker were the guys that I grew up yeah. emulating, be the Tasmanian devil and, and stuff. But it's it's to see because of the appreciation. And then you, and that's the whole thing. If you show up on time, right, shut your mouth and put your work in. Yeah. Right? Which, play a long and, time. And, right. You can play a long time. And, and the, thing I, the one word that I learned around here. Um, is meekness, which isn't weak. It means you're coachable. It means you can yeah. understand uh, for the purpose, and that's sort of what we're trying to build here. Was there any, was there anything, any good good things like you learned back in the day from the old, the old guard? Because well, it was funny. Like I'm on Ed, I'm on Edmonton, right? And um, those guys, they could fly. You know, they they cut the practices down early, and it was all yeah, flow. You're talking. You're talking. This is the yeah. loyal oil. 80 to 84, yeah, yeah. coming right after. I got traded year. right before they won the cup You're for right Larry Melnick, right in there. And these guys are flying him. And I get traded to the Bruins, and you know, I, and I walk in the first intermission, and you know, we got three guys smoking a cigarette. You know, I know that's we, we got Mike Melberry, Ricky Middleton, and you go up here, it's like up and smoking the bathroom. Right. Like, holy shit, Dude, it's that, old time that, hockey. That was like my rookie year when I remember the first game or whatever, and I go back into the stick room, and there's Ray Shepard, Chase on, Proby, and Mark Howe all darting in the yeah. stick room. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the the, the, the different game. Yeah. But but uh, but the big thing, and I guess that I have um, guess comment on the game nowadays that the people are watching out there. It's it's a different game, and the biggest problem that I have, and it's not about the fighting; it's about the respect. Disrespect, totally. The disrespect, because the one thing in the back in the day is, and you watch it. Go pull up. Hockeyfights.com or go pull up all-time hockey, the brawls, because back, you're in the day when it was bench brawls. You're in the day when when guys pair off. When when Mike Melberry went in the crowd with a shoe. Remember yeah, that yeah. Madison Square Garden, right? Like, like there's went some, in the crowd, man. Yeah, there's some there, there's some it's stuff nuts. where it changes, but there's also that respect. And nowadays with guys, the the sticks come up, the the speed of the game, but. As it's got faster and bigger, then they lose the respect. Here's what. Here's how, Mac. I was a little before you, but the the game policed itself. Absolutely. We had one referee. We had one referee, and when we were playing the Red Wings, nobody was going to run Stevie. Right. And, it was and, unwritten. And these guys weren't going to run uh, Barry Peterson, Ray Bork, or Nifty. It was just let them play, and you know we'll bump and grind. It was great, and we only had one referee. Uh, I'll give you a little story. We're playing. Claude, we're playing Montreal Canadiens. Claude Lemieux. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah, I know your buddy. I got him for it. I got 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 a good one for you. I never told this. I never told this like to anybody, except my friends. So we're playing in the Boston Garden. I'm going to get a loose puck, right? And he takes the stick and puts it into the back of my calf, and and I wipe out, right? So Bob Myers was refing our game, and I guess the linesman was. He goes, "Bummer." I owe you one. I, you get a get out of jail free card. So we're killing a penalty, and I never use my stick. 
I never used my stick. I took. I never got a major hitting or slashing. Claude, we were killing Pelly. I knew I had to get out of jail, get out of jail free card. He passed the puck, and I, I took about six inches like this, just bam, right under the thing. Bob Myers like this, you know, like he didn't he see a thing, so we were even. But that's how it was. Hey, Bob, well, I'm no. sorry. You know what? And to that point, we're going to speak of the same guys because I've had a conversation with Paul Dvorsky, who was the ref for the March 26th game, and just about Devo, yeah, yeah Dev, just about how the league hated this guy, but it was sort of like the reason, like I got away to, to have four minutes for roughing and a ten minute misconduct yeah. to be able to be yeah. still in the game yeah. for something I'd be suspended for probably the rest of the season in today and age. But again, it it there's a, the right and the wrong where you understand mm. is that there's accountability, and that's the biggest thing that there's no accountability. Yeah. All right, now. Let's switch gears a little because uh, I want to touch on that. You know, we had some great times, you and I both. I mean, I remember the lockout. One of the things lockout back in the year, you, you were like, were you player coach or were you? No, I was a coach. You were the coach. I was, the I was coach the assistant of the Motor coach. City Mechanics. No, no, it was the Detroit Falcons. The Detroit Falcons. That was okay. before that, yeah. Oh, that's, so this is back 90. Yeah. Yeah, this is like the first lockout or whatever. You and Brett, you and Brett Fedick were, uh, you were you made guest appearances every day, staying in shape. Absolutely, but we had fun and, and it's I great just time. Shout outs to Chris McKenzie and Bobby McKillop. Oh, Jamie Bill, Allen, J- yeah, Savo Mitrovic. Why don't we keep going? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All the boys back in the day, like twenty five years ago, you, we you had, we had some fun. You you and Feds came to every practice. You guys worked hard. It was great having you guys around. Um, you know, we we're a minor league team with. Uh, Major League uh, Habits, yeah. as you call it. <laughs> yeah, um, this was uh, the '90s. Yeah, it was so the great '90s. Analogy. So yeah. that is. My, that's what my, he said. My, I, I stole Max Line. Oh, yeah, 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 he told me that last alumni game. Max out of that. Yeah, I got to give Max credit for that one yeah. because it's hey. But the the fact is to have the Major League Habits and like you and I had, and to be able to show people that. That's not, you know, we got to a point. How was it for you? And 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 the one thing I want you to press upon, because yeah. I love reading this, is that when you needed the Detroit Red Wings, they were there for you, yeah. right, as far as to get your life back in order. So if you don't mind running grind time through through that, yeah. what year was it? And It was, uh, it was uh, my sober date is April 27, 2006. And I... Uh, I'll go back a little further before that date. I was trying to get sober myself, okay? And uh, I'm down at Sinbad's. Shout out to Blakely down there. And I'm with uh, uh, Bob Morris, my buddy. And I had about 90 days. I'm trying to do this myself, right? Right, right. Seattle Seahawks are playing the Pittsburgh Steelers Super Bowl for the Super Bowl. And Jerome Bettis is from Detroit. There was so much energy in the air. And everybody's hyped up and you know I had 90 days and my buddy says to me hey you want one give me a double vodka and cranberry well one two ten and then you know later on you know we experimented with a few other interesting oh, substances we yeah the, we call it the equalizer yeah, yeah we call it you the know, equalizer the best part about being an alcoholic and learning that is yeah. that I don't have a cocaine problem <laughs> yeah, yeah and uh Actually, three months after that, I ended up in Southern Florida. Yeah. The National Hockey League paid for me to go to treatment. And I was supposed to stay there 30 days. I ended up staying there 10 years. I was at the same treatment center as uh, Bob Probert, a few other guys. I worked at the same hotel Bob Probert did. Uh, He worked at the Colony Hotel. 
and Prober was a little ahead of me. God rest his soul. I love Bobby. Oh, we all did. Yeah, and uh, he died sober. He's one of the greatest human beings I've ever met. But uh, the the National Hockey League uh, paid for me to go to treatment. It was better than any signing bonus that I ever had. It saved my life. And April 27th this year, I'm going to have 14 years uh, clean and sober. Congratulations, brother. uh, What was the big, because for me... You know, to touch on it, I preach self-awareness. To look in the mirror and to, to be able to stop. And, and mine was I kept walking by because I would never look into it till one day I stopped and, and I said, I'm not dealing with you right now. And turned back and said, I hope you're alive when you come back. And then it was like, whoa, wait. Yeah. And realized, like, for me, it was I knew what I was to everybody else, but I didn't know who I was. Exactly. We, we, we lose our identity. We lose our self-esteem. We don't like it. We don't like ourselves, Mac, when we're doing it, you know, and... Uh, and our self-esteem's so low. We're partying, and it's fun at the time, and and it's all shits and giggles. We're telling stories, holding court, and then at the end of uh, at the end of my run, I'm in my dad's basement, watching Dharma and Greg in, uh, reruns from two to four in the morning with a cheap bottle of vodka and an eight ball by myself. Yeah. So, when, you know, when you're drinking and using alone. Uh, you need some help and you know a friend of mine Steve Shannon a cop they were going to do this big intervention it wasn't going to work he just said hey you want help yeah so um, I think that point right there John right unless you want it I I can't do anything for you no nobody else can so that's the whole thing is I preach around here what do you mean by that so if something that struck uh you know, you that Blummer said, or I, this is, so what do you mean by that? You reach out and you, you keep getting answers. It's not about arguing because there is a way. And, and, and it's the same thing that, that, you know, both you and I, yeah. it had to, what helped me was to get through the shame. Yeah, of, I'm suppo- of course. Of what I'm supposed to yeah. supposed to feel, and instead I replaced it with, I'm going to keep my intentions pure and I'm going to, I'm going to be, as honest as I can, you know, to almost a fault. Well, I, I think that th- that's totally true, Mac. And I think the life we got caught up in celebrity status, people waiting on his hand and foot. Celebrity celebrity status is a huge drug in itself, you know. And you know, both of us are riding that wave, the roller coaster, the you know, walking in everywhere, getting waited on hand and foot. Girls, this, this, you know how that goes. Yep. And um, and then you fall off that wave, and all of a sudden. You got to take a look in the mirror, and you, you, you. Ha- we have to learn to love ourselves again, you know. And if we're not healthy, we're not good for me. Max, a good guy, whether he's number twenty-five, four Stanley Cup. Max, a good guy walking down the street. You've give everybody in this town the time of day for your whole life, and that's what makes Mac Mac. They love you because of your accomplishment and achievements here, but they love you more because who you, you, are. you look guys in the eye, you shake them the hand, you don't forget name, you give big hugs, you spread a lot of love, dude. Yeah, well, you always have, well, always man, have. The, the whole thing, and then I realize, you know, John, and, and the, like, if it was about me, I'd be dead. Yeah. Right? Thank God Fuck. it's about everybody else. Yeah. And, and and I'm a battery. You guys are all my energy and power, and the whole thing is to show you people that are in my life that... That, you know, when the circle gets smaller and the people that because, um, you know, you have afflictions or everybody has something that maybe they're not proud of, they want to work on, but you're here to work on it because your intentions are pure. Well, we're, you know, you know, Mac, uh, the National Hockey League has asked me to call people, uh, Joe Murphy included, right, and go right. see them. And if the dude doesn't want help, he's not getting help. And, uh, you know. When we're using and we're we're in we're in that 
dark, deep hole. Uh, we feel real ashamed. We we're, feel ashamed. We feel guilty. And uh, we're too proud to ask for help. You know, nobody wants it. Everybody thinks asking for help is a weakness, is a weakness but no. it's, it's Surrend- a strength. Surrender is actually yeah. a victory. You know, yeah, you surrender. Well, you know, you could try to, you could, you know, you think you win a few battles against alcohol, but uh, you're going to lose the war eventually. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you always lose the war. So, Blummer, what would, uh, if you have a few words that, that you've learned, and, you know, 14 years is a long time, so what, what has been the, what's your, what's your main, what's your, my, my, mine is self-awareness, look in the mirror. What would you say that that has really carried you through because uh, out of 14 years you had to have felt like you were in 90 days when seattle and pittsburgh were playing you had to have had the itch or felt in them well i you know mac i what what's kept me going is uh, i get up every morning and i just say please you know whether it's to god my higher power yeah. the energy around us you know and it, it, it's a novel concept of one day at a time is like unbelievable. Yeah. Like, and all of a sudden I'm going to have 14 years. I, I, I remember the first 30 days I was supposed to stay down there for 30 days and come home. Right. And, um, I, I surround myself with good people. Uh, I've, I'm really, really happy. I get up. I'm happy. I go to bed. I know where my car's parked and how much <laughs> money I got in my pocket. You know, I've had the same girlfriend uh, who's been a great support, Lisa, for 12 years. And I have a really, really good life. And, you know, coming to see you or Perry, I, I, you know, I think you just love yourself. And if you can't love anybody until you love yourself. Absolutely. And, uh, and it, it, it's a good life. Um, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not an AA thumper. I don't quote the big book. I don't know any of that shit. Um, uh, but... It's sort of like it's a gift we have, you know, whether it's it's a gift. And for me to keep this gift of, you know, sobriety is peace and serenity. For me to keep this happiness, I have to do things for I have to help people, whether it's opening a door. Like you said, take care of the little things. Max says a lot of the same things, I think. Well, you know. Because, take, because yeah. that's the whole thing. Yeah, because we but the thing is, Bloomer. The one thing Blummer is the, the <laughs> one thing Blummer is is the uh, is the fact that we say it once and we do it twice. We don't. It's yeah. not Windows service. No. The one thing I wanted before we wrap it up is uh, we were mentioning that you were on your niece's podcast about a year ago and yeah. and for a school project and for a school project, she called me in a studio like this. She was a nervous wreck, um, and she interviewed me about. Uh, sobriety and treatment and you know playing in the league just like you did and it, it, it got to the National Hockey League Kelly McCrimmon my buddy uh, I, my college teammate who runs the um, Vegas Knights got it Donnie Sweeney from Boston Georgie put on the alumni and just something cool like that you know I, I'm, I'm really proud Mac of myself and what everybody and what we're trying to do in life we're 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 good people helping people. Absolutely, you know. You know, you know Mac, so I, I, as somebody who's partied and drank and done stuff yeah. with both of you, you know. Yeah. There was a New Year's Eve with I was with you and Mr. Morris, and yeah. I don't remember the end of it. Yeah, but, nobody uh, does. You know, and and so you see the transformations that both of you have gone through, and yeah, you know, Perry knows, like, Perry knows us at our greatest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, and and the thing is, is, and I could see, I could see how you guys were, how the alcohol and the drugs affected you. And I, I could tell you weren't happy, but 
obviously, if I tried to say something, you're not going to listen. No, and and there's no point in me. You're just a dumb ref. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and but the thing is, is is then you guys both got sober, and I look at you, and. Literally, you haven't but it's, changed. I think what you're Your personalities to, never changed. Thing, you guys are what, you now, but yeah. now it's you. What you're trying to say is that to finally, because you've also seen us try to get it and not get it and yeah. get it mm-hmm. and not get mm-hmm. it so many times, so you're great to be able to say. And at the end of the day, guys, the real you will come out. You know, like like Blummer saying, Bloomer, Blummer saying, <laughs> is that uh, I think you're gonna crack my back here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bloomers are a cold. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but that it's it's okay and and. You know, it, which which leads me a great way to wrap this up. So, Johnny, I appreciate you coming on. Um, I look forward to every time we uh, lace them up yeah. in the alumni game and stuff. It's it's funny. You know, we play an alumni game, and Al Lux, our trainer, one time I went into the cooler when Mac was playing. He goes, the Coke's for Mac. And Mac knew I took his Coke. They didn't have two of them for us. And he said, if it's, blu- <laughs> if it's blubber, it's okay. And it. uh, yes. like I said, listen, man, we don't preach this stuff. You just got to live the way we live. And you surround yourself, you know, with, with you surround yourself with the, with the people with the same pure intentions as yourself. You look for the ones that, uh, what do you mean by that? And we're not here to argue. I think... If anything, guys, for this episode number 60 of Grind Time with Darren McCarty, I thank my guest John Blum, Perry Vellucci, everybody behind the scene. But no better way than not. Every time you fall down, get your ass back up. That's Grind Time. We're out.